Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Best Life Cafe. We are back with Season 6, Episode 1. And here I am with my co-host, Tim Poma. Welcome back. Oh, my God, we haven't seen each other for like three weeks. No, we have definitely not. And wow, what what a uh, timeline that has been in those three weeks. So oh. we both went, we both went out on travels. Uh, I went to Sedona for seven days. This was like three weeks ago, right? And you went to Columbia. And, I did. Uh, a a lot of life has been lived in three weeks, and that's what life is, right? Like, there's so much can happen. To, you know, life is ever changing. Every single day, we have this ever-evolving world, right? And so I was just sitting there thinking this morning, like, of all the things that have happened in three weeks since you and I have been back on the Best Life Cafe, one of the things that I want to share with you is I've gotten a lot of feedback that we are the shit. Like, (laughs) thank you for your podcast, people being, like, posting on social media, sending me private messages that you and I are such a great duo together and – like, really have gotten a lot of feedback thanking us for the podcast, thanking about us for what we're talking about. Like, where have I been? Why haven't I known about this podcast? So, you know, the slow but sure grow is worth the effort of getting up early. Like, you and I were talking, like, I just want to sleep in. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to say a shout-out thank you to all the people who reached out, the people who have been, you know, sending me messages and, and really just, saying how great and how much they appreciate us and, and we appreciate you. So I just wanted to oh, pull that out. So much. I appreciate all you. And it was very funny right before I left, I started getting a lot of feedback too. I had a friend that was struggling and I was all here, listen to this. And she's like, you have a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I have a <laughs> podcast. And she played it and she fell asleep to it. And she sent me a message the next day and said it was exactly what she needed to hear. Perfect for what she was going through, and uh, she's all, I'm going to listen to all of it. I'm like, awesome. I can't wait. Thanks, Cindy. Yeah, love you. I Cindy, mean, love. I love when people go back and then listen to them all, and it's like the involvement of the podcast, for me particularly, has been so, uh, like when people say, Kathy, if you didn't work, you know, if you didn't have to work for a living as in structured work to make money, uh, what would you be doing? And it was like, without a doubt, podcasting, because I realized that in a podcast, nobody can silence my voice. Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of a podcast. That's the beauty of a podcast. And it's like, I like I told you, I've gotten in a little trouble. I've been shadow banned on Facebook. Last night, they completely took my post. <laughs> no, last night, this is hilarious. <laughs> last night, I posted literally something from Thomas. Was it Thomas Jefferson? Like, you know, like it was like with liberty, whatever, right? Something about. Oh, I, wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Was the quote, uh, those that would give up their liberties for security deserve neither? No, it wasn't that. It, it was something about, you know, how, anyways. The funny thing is, is that they shadow banned it. And then they said to me, there is no, the fact checkers have checked your, it was a meme, like, right? And they're like. The fact checkers have checked this, and there is no proof that Thomas Jefferson ever made this quote. I was belly laughing. I was like, okay, clearly we can't go back and ask Thomas if he said it. Okay, I get it. But, like, like it was so extreme.
extreme. And, you know, I don't want to get into that subject, but I was actually uh, belly laughing at the fact that I was like, damn, I think I've arrived. Like, I've been shadow banned. This is, like, so cool. Well, <laughs> I mean, welcome to the too. 21st century. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you are one of the lucky ones. And it's so funny because it was a meme, right? And that right. makes it even more, like, ridiculous. And so I'm glad you were able to laugh it off and not take that in as, you know, some sort of uh, malicious hit against you. It's just at this point in time, it's so ridiculous. No, I mean, I was literally sitting here by myself belly laughing. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is the funniest thing because it shows the ridiculity of the world that we're living in today. And we don't want to get into all that because we all know, if you listen to the show, you clearly know that things are just madness. And how do you navigate the madness? (laughs) I'll tell you how. You you go to Colombia and you sit ceremony with a taita or a shaman, and what will happen is all of that stuff will melt away. The only thing that you're left with is the inner you, the love, the light, and these powerful, powerful visions that uh, allow you to see who you are, what your purpose is, and how if we allow it, we give power to these situations in our life, they, they take from us. And so at this point in time, I come, I'm coming back glowing like a light bulb and you ready. You are glowing. I just want to tell you, you look extremely handsome this morning, and it's pretty early. Oh, I thank you. Listeners to know. But, like, you got a new haircut since I've seen you, and you're, you are. You're yes. glowing. And, and that's what I think inner peace does for people. Like, when you see somebody who's living in, the, in, in bliss or in, in just, like, living their truth, living in bliss, really just rolling through their days without a lot of drama – like, it shows in your physical appearance and people, you know, it's like when you're in truth, like, you're glowing. When you're hiding or you're not able to act in truth because maybe you have a job where you have to go and be one person and the real person that you are after work is completely different from that and you've got to put that mask up. And that, you can't glow with a mask on. You know, you've got to be able to just shine your light at who you are and be happy with that and just be like, cool, this is who I am. And so, you know, I've evolved a lot over the past couple of months to be able to say, no, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is how I want my life to be. These are the people I want in my life. And really just dissect uh, how to be in a peaceful moment, you know, how to be mm-hmm. in joy. I feel like uh, two of those uh, things would be um, setting boundaries. For yourself. Yeah. And the second one would be to live your joy. Like every moment that you have, like be in joy with yourself. Enjoy yourself. Uh, And the moments that you're given, because what a blessing, what a real, real blessing it is to have these moments. The eternal present moment is like the most exciting thing to be a part of. And if we could really get a hold of it, and see how, what a gift it is. Like this world would be a different place overnight. However, I understand there is a due process. There is a due process because we're all connected and we're all going through our emotional roller coasters together. And as one person heals, so too do two people heal, you know, like, so. I love that. I agree with that, you know, because, uh, 
the moment that you're in is all we have. And you hit the nail on the head when you said we're all kind of going through something because everybody you talk to is going through something, even if it's just confusion. Like, how do I act? What do I believe in? Who do I believe? Where do I go for information? Can I trust the information? Uh, Is this person telling the truth? Is this person telling the truth? And we really are just in a position right now where we have to trust our own gut instincts and our own self-talk as being what our truth is and then living that truth. And, you know, I can't remember who said it. I want to say William Shakespeare, Shakespeare, but 99.9% the truth will set you free. And when you don't have to lie about who you are or or hide the, the things inside that you want to express, like you're living your best life because you're in truth. And, and, and I think we drive that point home so much on this show uh, that truth is truth, and that's how you excavate and become the person that you're supposed to be and be in the world because you live your truth and you put your truth out there. You're affecting one person, like you said, two people, five people, ten people. It's important. It's important shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and you know, the one of the major meshes, messages that I got from the shaman during this entire uh, three nights of sitting ceremony was little by little, little by little we get there. And not only that, but when you know what it looks like to live an A-plus life, you will be more apt to live that A-plus life every day. And But you have to remember, bit by bit, day by day, little by little, and it will soon become second nature to where you are living in that bliss 100% of the time, not concerned about what other people are doing or thinking. I got to this place where I was meditating on the third night, um, and I, I knew what I had to do, but it was very difficult for me. I had to silence my mind, shut all the outside chatter off, shut off, uh, like, you at certain points in time, you feel telepathic inside of these ceremonies where you can hear what other people are thinking around you and stuff like that. And, but it's a lot, right? Especially when you tune in, there's so much chatter. And then I had to come to this Zen moment where I'm meditating. I, I'm like expunging all of these. I'm letting go of all these stories and all these things about all the things in life. And I, I find in, in this moment, nirvana and i don't know how long i was there but i was there and it was the most beautiful the most peaceful the most calming i was in a state of no place and every place at the same time and i had just just, uh, and like yeah can we just pause and take a breath right there i wish i could play that what you just said back and i know sometimes words are just lost after we say them but like really just what you said, being in that Zen. And if we can all accomplish that, even tw- I would say twice a day, like taking those moments of calm and being like this moment, you know, wow. Like your description of that just really hit me because, you know, sometimes I wish I was a monk. I wish I could just go and live in silence and not speak to anyone and not have anyone around me so that I could be more clear, you know, and have that, that, that space and that peace. And I know we could all do that by just going in nature or, you know, there's a lot of ways to find your Zen, 
but I just love the way you described that because it's like my, I'm kind of craving that right now, you know, just. I under, I understand. And, and by the way, it should be craved because it's such a beautiful thing. And the thing that was really incredible to me was how many programs are running at all points in time inside the head. It was like I had to shut off 400 things to be able to find the light. And it was insane. Wow, yeah. It was it was so noisy. And whenever I would get to that place where I'd start getting close to being in that Zen space, uh, I would, like a thought would be like, okay, count your breaths. And I'd be like, stop, just stop it. Like, there is no need to count breaths. There is no need to like focus on what your ears hear. It's like, how do you get outside of the self to, you know, eliminate all the chaos that's inside the mind? Well, that's so funny because we were talking about, you know, doing a show on mental clutter. And, and, and the reason why we had brought that up, here we are talking about mental clutter. I love it. But, you know, podcasts are great because you never know where it's going to go. But one of the things I was telling you uh, is that because of all the information that's coming out in the world and because we don't know where we truly stand sometimes, I mean, some people really know where they stand and they're extremely vocal. And some people are like, gosh, I really don't know how to think. Uh, the mental clutter can totally fuck you up. Like you're just like overthinking everything, going down rabbit holes to find out what's true. And then the next thing you know, you can't get to a Zen place. You can't get to a place of peace. So you've got to know how to shut that off. And then also to add to the confusion inside of that is that what is truth, right? Like we're digging for truth. We're looking for answers inside of a place and the internet, for example, that truth can be changed. Stories can be adapted, like things can be uh, manipulated. And so, like, I think that if we were really wanting to search for truth, then, like, look to the inward state of being and say, what is my truth for me? What is true about me as a being? And, and then watch how you, like a bird, shake the water off your back and soar. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's it. I mean, we really need to clear the clutter in our minds. And, and I've noticed for myself, because, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I will overthink and dissect, and I will actually act as if I know what either the other person is thinking or what, you know, the situation is. And it could be so far from the truth, but my conditioning through life caused me to know everything somebody was thinking without knowing what they were thinking. Like, it was like I could play the scenario and it's really, you know, false events appearing real. So it's like that yeah. the way it is. And so we have to just like circle back to ourselves and be like, I don't know what this other person's thinking. I don't know what this other person is feeling. This, these are my feelings. I'm going to own them. I'm going to deal with them myself. And then maybe I'm going to ask that person, you know, like what a concept, like well, what's your truth? You know, what's real here? It's just, uh, it's a, I'm a work in progress on that because I, I've always been an overthinker, always, you know, way yeah. too much. Well, the overthinking is a detriment to the soul, essentially, because it yeah. burdens us down with, with fake ideas. And when we're burdened down with fake ideas, then we can't get to these creative spaces where we're able to flourish and thrive because we're running these programs inside of our heads of he said, she said, or we are imagining what someone else is feeling. And the only thing that we have control over literally is the way we interact on the day-to-day with other people, the way we treat ourselves. 
And when you really love yourself and you really care about yourself, you will stop pretending to think about what other people are thinking and only focus on how you're feeling and say, okay, well, why am I pretending that this person is feeling this way? What do I feel? What have I done or said to cause this person to feel this or make me think that they feel adverse to my yeah, statement? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly what has to be done in those situations. I just know that we have to shake it off. We have to let go of those programs that are running. Obviously, first things first, we need to be conscious of it. We need to be aware that it exists and that we're, we're, our worry or our fear is um, keeping us vibrating in that, that place. But as Taita Alejandro would say, that when love is present, fear must take a knee. So when love is present... Fear must take a knee. I love that. And love is present everywhere. You just got to look for it, right? Like, it's everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, we all know that I, if you're a Best Life Cafe listener and if you know Tim and I at all, like, like always going back to a place of love. Uh, and in 99% of my situations in my life, I can always do that. Just be like, what would love do? Like, that's Conversations with God, book one, I think. It was like, what would love do in this situation? And as soon as you ask yourself the question, what would love do, it immediately shifts everything for you because you go, it, it, it like opens your compassion. It opens your empathy and it opens up uh, avenues for, um, to, to, to clear something when you come at something with love. You know, when you come at it with fear and anger and frustration, it, it's not going to fix anything. It's just not. Mm-hmm. No, and actually you can you can literally see what uh, rage and anger and all these things do to situations um, when when you come to a place where you're like, okay, if I was to come at this position with love, like how much different is that going to be? Because, you know, anger, that comes from like partly fear, uh, worry, and like feeling hurt to some extent, but we actually allow those things to to hurt us. So we're giving those energies power. And if we can stay centered in our love, because that's what we are, big balls of bright burning love. Big, beautiful balls of love. Well, no, no, I was Um, just thinking what you said, like uh, sometimes now when I'm feeling hurt, You know, we've all had these experiences in our lives where people have hurt our feelings either intentionally or not intentionally, but it happens. But what I've learned more than anything is to let myself cry. Like, let myself feel the sorrow. Like yesterday, just prime example, I had a beast of a day. It's tax season again, like here we are. You know, and I have all these people who are last-minute Johnnies. No, nothing personal to those people if they're listening, but holy crap, like, let's just bombard me in two days. And I was Get it together, people. (laughs) (laughs) I was really frustrated, and my phone was nonstop, texting, calling all day, interruption, never could really concretely get anything done because of it. And I was frustrated, and I was talking to one of my family members, and he was like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like... I don't think I should be doing this kind of work anymore. Like I was really just like this. I am not bringing my best Kathy forward today. But what I realized, 
so so then I had to, I had my class that I do my I had a two and a half hour class that I do is really just focuses on me, and I was done and I had a plan on staying home for the evening and I got this overwhelming urge to get in my car and drive up to where uh, the grandkids were cheerleading and playing football, five minutes from my house. So I get in the car, I go up there. And I'm greeted with squeals and running and kicking here. They're like jumping and hugging me. And I just, like you could see, I just started crying. And I was like, this was my joy moment that my body told me, go get in the car and seek your joy because if you don't, you know, this is, you're, you're not, this does, no way this ends well. And then I, I had my time with them and my my sons were there and I was chatting with them. And then, I got in the car and I was like, I started really crying and I was like, wow, it's just about release. Like whatever is in my body has to come out here. You know, oftentimes we probably cry in our car by ourselves, you know, and I mean, I'm sure that's not foreign to anybody. But when I got home, I was like, that's what my body needed. I, I, was, I was smart enough to listen, right, and say, no, you're not just going to sit down and turn on a television. You're going to go seek your joy, find your joy. And it released a lot of angst in my body that I didn't even really know why was there. I mean, I still don't. But so my point is you have to dissect those emotions and go seek your joy because I feel like the joy is what actually brought it out, like allowed me to release mm-hmm. by having those moments of, you know, God, we love you so much, Kiki. <laughs> It was cool. It was yeah. cool. And as, hear, Abra- honestly. as Abraham Hicks would say, reach for the highest joy, right? Like you reach yeah. for the next best feeling. And if you're in a state of uh, dis-ease or discomfort, you reach for the next best feeling. And I was going to, to comment how, how great it is that you knew to like leave your situation and go to a place of great joy. And, you know, you're, you have the kids screaming and like, so excited to see you. How could you not be in joy at that moment in time? Yeah. You know, another thing I wanted to bring up is that crying is one of the greatest gifts that we have ever received because it, it allows for this enormous energy release. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I think that in our society, especially for men, like they're taught not to cry. And I got to tell you, it's a really beautiful thing. It's a really amazing. It's very powerful. And, man, you want to clear some energy out, just you – know, yeah. I, I get to the place where I'm so happy I cry tears of joy, where I'm, like, overwhelmed with the, the amount of blessings that I have and the amount of, like, things I get to do and stuff like that, where I'm just, like, so elated. I, I'm like, oh, God, it's so beautiful. I don't know how to handle it all. But I'm trying to get to this place where I don't the weepy part of being so happy. I want to get to the place where I laugh about it, where it's just like so much fun and it's so beautiful that I can, you know, enjoy it immensely and just giggle about it. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that 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 make you know, sort of my body guiding me to a joy moment. I mean, you know, obviously listening to my joy, listening to my intuition to go do that is what opened this gate that had been shut through anger, frustration, um, overwhelm, uh, you know, not really sure if I'm in alignment with what I'm doing. Like all those things uh, were kind of stuck in my body. And when I got the joy jump and I sort of got these tears of joy for how happy that made me feel and then I was by myself, 
it was able to flood and it was just angst and overwhelm and frustration and, you know, like not in alignment. And, and so I was able to go cool. And then I came home, I made myself dinner. I sat down, I didn't have the television on. I just sat with myself and it was a beautiful thing. I was, so I just think that whatever it takes to release from your body, the angst and frustration you know, resentment, whatever those negative emotions in your body are telling you, you know, take a pause and go find a joy to make you feel alive again. <laughs> Amen. <Yeah>. Get, <laughs> get it, girl. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Oh, get it. Life is so Oh, crazy. boy. So it so, is okay, wonderful so to see your face. I mean, it is just a, such a great joy. Been three weeks. I'd love to talk about your trip to Sedona, which, you know, in my mind is one of those very sacred places. There's lots of magic that's happening there. Uh, you have um, indigenous tribes that are there, and it's just really pretty magical. So, how was your vacation? Okay, so my vacation was amazing. The thing is, I am really like, I guess the word would be green in shamans and, you know, Buddhist temples, maybe it was called a tempa. Anyways, my friend that I went with was very versed in all of this. So uh, I went to this place of meditation, and it was a big Buddhist uh, statue, and you walk around it 12 times with your prayers. Hello? And, I'm here. Uh, you, yeah, I know I can hear you, though. No. Uh so you walk around this place with 12 prayers, uh, 12 times with your prayer. And I've never done anything like that. You you move slowly. You concentrate on what you're praying for. And so I felt like I was like this cool person for a minute. I was like, wow, I'm doing something like really cool. And so I I did that. I, I wrote some prayers. I We went on a trip with a shaman to all the magical places in Sedona where you could be in the vortex. And he was you know, the shaman, and I don't know what I was picturing, but I was picturing, like, you know, a shaman. Like, for me, that vision's like robes. Yeah, yeah. Here comes old Roy. He's like this 75-year-old cowboy, and he'd been there for years, and he was like the coolest guy. And he was, like, able to tell me, like, he knew that I was working on um, bullying. Like, he's like, you've been bullied in your life. Like, he knew it without knowing one thing about me. And then he was giving me tools to overcome, you know, the bullying that I've been through. It was just so magical. I'll tell you one story that was really interesting to me. And that was that I I realized I had a lot of self-discovery. But I realized after being with one person for seven days, 24-7, that that was foreign to me, like sharing space with somebody, sharing Sharing space uh, was an interesting thing, and I ended up being like, okay, maybe I'm not that girl anymore. Maybe it is hard for me to share space with people now that I'm so comfortable in my aloneness. So it was just really a wonder for me that 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 I wasn't that by day six, I was, and it wasn't you know it wasn't her. I just kind of looked at her and said like, wow, I'm just overwhelmed by having to interact so much. And I noticed myself slipping into old patterns where it was like, well, what do you want for dinner? And I was like, I don't care. 
Uh, what do you want to watch on TV? Doesn't matter. You know, and I was not even owning myself or my truth at all. And it was really just an observation about myself that I was like, these are the patterns I had in my relationship. You know, I was always just like, oh, I don't care what we have. I don't care what we do. I don't care what we go because it was easiest. Because if I had my own voice, I was not able, you know, then it was, then it was conflict. So that was something that I was like, great. That is one thing you are definitely not taking into your next relationship. Like you are not going to be the person who just appeases another person. So that part for me was a golden nugget. And then, you know, Sedona was amazing. It was free. I did massages. I hiked. I, I uh, you know, read. Oh, wow. I did beautiful things. But so then on the way back, we stopped at a hotel in Palm Springs. It was the most magical little hotel like you walked out of a Frank Sinatra movie, like they're blasting Frank Sinatra in the pool area and serving you Pinot Noir. And, and I was like, okay, this is where I want to spend like the next 10 days sitting by this pool in silence. So I will go back to this hotel and that's how I ended it. And uh, it was just such a, I got home and I was like, I don't want to be around people for like two days. I was just like, shut it down and kind of regrouped and then went back on my business. So would I go to Sedona again? I've, I I got to say that there's many mornings in meditation now that I put myself back on the mountain, you know, and, and so it obviously got deep in my soul. Beautiful. I loved it. It was free. There was no, you know, you didn't know there was a pandemic going on, you know, it was just. Like, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, and people were nice and nobody cared if you were or you weren't or you indoor outdoor didn't matter like it was so different that you were like god i live in a really weird place like because it was starkly different in air one yeah. you know one centimeter over the state line and life is different it's just weird to me so anyway it was really good it was really a lot of self-discovery that's great and i'm really glad uh, to be back so how about you let's talk yeah, about it's, trip. uh well let me just wrap up yours it sounds like it was amazing and I also wanted to share that in my journey, I felt the same thing, where I went to this, so we flew into Bogota in Colombia and stayed an evening and then left the next morning um, to Pitalito, which is where our final destination is. And when we got into Bogota, everyone was wearing masks, and there was times when we weren't wearing masks, but people were very polite and very kind and like, hey, could you, you know? put your mask back up and we're like, yeah, totally. But when we got to Pitalito, no one was wearing masks. Everyone was driving around on motorcycles, hanging out at clubs and stuff like that and just enjoying themselves. <laughs> and it made me feel like I was alive again. And yeah, I, I just That's how I felt too. start thinking yeah. to myself, like, what are we doing here? Why, why is fear the number one oscillating energy that we're using to control people? I understand it's a very effective means, but like, man, what could we do if we did something different? Uh, my trip was the most enjoyable. Um, it was exactly what I needed. Uh, I was getting too caught up in the, the things that were going on here in California, in, in, our, in the United States. And I really needed to, like, like a sponge that absorbed all it can absorb. I needed to wring out. And I'll tell you what, going and sitting ceremony was that ring out. Uh, it's such a beautiful, sacred thing, too. And when you realize that these 
ancient cultures have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years to reunite you with your with source essentially it's breathtaking and honestly i i can't help but say how magic it is because you get to see things happen like live uh i went with a man that has like a little bit of parkinson's and after day two i told him i said i put out your hands and he put his hands out and his hands stopped shaking and then he said i can write my signature now, mm. granted, by the time we left, he his shake had come back. But there's that's because, as Alejandro was saying, is that there's a, there's something wrong with your brain. Your their, your thoughts are causing this. And he's all, you need more in order to heal completely. But uh, I mean, like, how how can you explain this? We have modern medicine that can't even fix anything. You know, it's like band-aids on band-aids and I go sit ceremony and I watch this guy's hands stop shaking. It's, yeah. it is the most breathtaking experience that you could possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, the, there, there are some difficult times throughout the whole entire process, but when the sun comes up, you win. And guess what? The sun always comes up and it, it doesn't matter what, turmoil you're in it's just like that new dawn of the new day that first light what creates like the best moments in your life and so I, I could literally talk for hours about this as a matter of fact <laughs> I I have been writing all about it uh, because I, I want to share this experience with everybody so on the plane ride home and about eight hours while I was in Columbia, I had written 1,200 words. Um, and I'm only to the second night ceremony after the second cup. And the things that happened on the third night, it was like a lifetime of wisdom was bestowed to me. And there is, I, I think the best way that I have come up with explaining it is when I was there, it was like I was getting information through a fire hose. And wow. it was very difficult at times for me to take it all in. But I think that's also why uh, after the experience, like three days later, I was still dreaming about those things and getting my questions answered. And then I have, and so now I have even more to write. Uh, I've been writing poems. I have been editing video, by the way. I will share this on uh, our Best Life Cafe thing, the uh, drone footage I got while I was there and just, the whole experience. Um, I would highly recommend it. And I want to give a big shout out to Inner Rising Retreats, who puts these amazing, amazing retreats on, as well as Kasumanai, which is the home for the ceremonies, which is Alejandro, Taita Alejandro's uh, very, very special and magical place. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that really uh, makes it so powerful is that when you go you're going and you're like i'm not afraid of the unknown because i it's it's this it's knowing is fear right if all the knowing that exists in this reality is fear-based then what do i have to lose what do i have to gain everything i love that theory honestly I agree with that 100%. What do I have to lose? If everything's about fear, like just walk through. I mean, that's the thing about fear, too. It's like if you walk through your fears, you're like a warrior on the other side. It's like 
like you feel so alive when you have walked through a fear. It's like it takes, you know, it's just like off your shoulder, off your shoulder. Um, so that gives me pause for thoughts for my life because there are a few things that I'm afraid to do, people I'm afraid to reach out to, you know, to kind of clear up stuff for myself. And I need to really look at the hold back on fear. Like you have to ask yourself, why am I holding back? What, why am I not able to walk through this fear? What, you know, appeal the onion a little bit more and find out, you know, am I afraid of being hurt or rejected or, you know, um, someone's going to be yelling at me if I speak my truth or whatever those things are. Uh, You just, you gave me, cause for pause. I'm hoping all the listeners are also getting cause for pause here because like really like the best advice that we can give is look at yourself, look at your life, look at your feelings, look at your truth, and then just freaking live it. And for me, it's like hashtag note to self here because I really am transforming into I don't know what my career looks like anymore. I don't know what's next in my life, who's next in my life, where I even want to live right now. Like there's so many questions sort of rolling through my body and I know it's going to resolve itself, but I'm probably 45% into it. Sedona definitely kicked it off for sure. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, all I have to say is follow your bliss, follow your heart and don't let your imagination talk you out of any of the things because there, there, the greatness comes from the moments of uncomfortability. And if you can uh, transcend that uncomfortableness to do the thing that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, that's where the greatest amount of potential and possibility lives. And it is so breathtaking to be inside of that space. Just pure potential, pure potentiality. So, so funny. I, I... I got to give you guys a fear story from Sedona. So we're on the way home. And, you know, I've heard about the monsoons in Arizona. You've kind of heard that these little rainstorms happen. And we're driving up the freeway, uh, you know, towards California. And we see this kind of troubled weather out in front of us in just one spot. And we're like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Look at that. That's weird. Within 45 seconds, it's over us. And I'm not kidding, Tim, the rain that came out of this was like nothing I've ever experienced. So my friend's driving, and she's like, all of a sudden she says, I don't know where the windshield wipers are, and I can't see. And there's two big rigs in front of us, one behind me, and I'm thinking, what the fuck do I do with that? You know, like, so I reached over, turned on the windshield, wiped her sunglasses off. It was sunny, you know, 20 minutes down the road. And so she had to drive through it. It was, and then like two minutes of driving through this horrific, like you cannot even see the flood. You can see the freeway starting to flood and then poof, you're out of it. And it's sunny again and you're done. And that right there was the fear moment of like, you had to go through it. There was no other way. You're 45 miles an hour. You're not stopping. You're not pulling over. There's no place. And so it was such an interesting observation for me to go, wow, that was like exactly what fear is. You got to go through it. You come out on the other side and you have to act quick. Like I had to like think quick, like here's what, it was a rental car. So we didn't know where the windshield wipers were. <laughs> And I was just, and then I laughed for a good five minutes after that because she was 
so petrified. You know, I always laugh when people have misfortune. It's just a thing. <laughs> but I was just like laughing and just like, oh, my God. So it was interesting to see how in physical form, you know, fear is, is uh, coming up to bite you and you have to walk through it. So I had to share that story. It was great. You're on mute. Hello. Oh, I was going to say, if you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> right? Like, oh, just moving, keep moving. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, got to gotta have a song every every podcast. Okay, so we right. were going to talk yeah, about... Back. Yep, back up. Oh, vision boards. We were going to talk about vision boards. We were going to talk about vision boards. How much time do we have we're left? Not talking, we got like four minutes, so we're clearly not talking about vision boards today. So maybe we'll save that for No, well... Let's just give a little teaser to people, like, uh, you okay. know, it's a really good idea to have a vision board. So you came and, home and did a vision board, right? Like, you were inspired yeah. to come home and, and create one. So with Rising Retreats, there was a group of 10 of us that went on this journey, and uh, I was sitting here editing video and listening to Native American flute and having these very, very powerful moments, and I was like, i got to get everyone back together, because I was sitting in my office, and I was staring at my wall where I keep my vision board. And I was like, mm, none of that stuff matters anymore. Like, I have a new vision. And I don't want my old vision to cloud my new vision. Yeah, so I instantly yeah. took it off the wall, wrote a message to everybody uh-huh. and said, tomorrow night at my studio, bring magazines. I have scissors and glue and come down. And so everyone got down there. I had a bunch of photos ready for everybody that I had taken while on the journey. Uh, which will go up here in a little bit. It's a lot of fun. And I basically was like, all right, guys, you know, the best way to get to Arizona is to have a map. So now here's our map. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to think about what we have done in the last, you know, 10 days and set our intentions for the the rest of our life. Like, what does it look like? Wow. And uh, we all sat down and listened to the Native American flute and just zoned out for like three hours on these vision boards. Mine got so big that I needed to upgrade my board size. And then I was like, oh man, I haven't even glued it down yet, but I think I want to scan it into my computer and then do a digital picture of it so that I can manipulate everything and make the sizes different. Cause I have a very specific vision. I learned that my, uh, while on this journey, I learned that my spirit animals talk. And it's because I can hear and see and I'm very fast. And it's like just telling me all this stuff. It was really cool to know that my spirit animal was a hawk because I felt like that was very powerful. That's so funny because I found out that I have a spirit animal too, and it was between an elk and a raven. And I've always known the raven because I've always Ooh. been attached to it. But the shaman said, oh, no, you're elk. You're, also, you're, you're strong, dominant elk. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know what that means. But I can't. <laughs> so uh, the so fun thing for both of us both to do is kind of had like the spirit animal moment because I've always been attracted to the blackbird. Uh but he said that was just a part. Like I'm kind of like on the cusp of two spirit animals, which oh, we walked around the medicine oh. field and that's where it came out. And so yeah, it was really super cool. cool. We have one minute left and I just want to shout out to okay. vision boards because I think they are the one of the most powerful tools for manifesting. So we will get back on some of that subject next week. Next week. week. Thank you so and much for we, showing up today. Go ahead. Of course. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And I'd like to thank all of the guests, or the not the guests, but the people that are listening. Um, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Shout out to Inner Rising Retreats. Please like, 
subscribe, share, you know, help us help you. <laughs> and oh, let me help you help yourself. I love that. Okay, people, thank you so much for listening. We are back with a vengeance. We'll be here every week. And if you have any comments, questions, subjects you'd like us to attack, like send us a DM. We'll be here. Mwah. Much love to you, babe. Mwah. Love you all.